like I'm not consuming or exploiting right it's like medicine from someone else's culture is not mine to consume right Mm -hmm. it's not mine to consume and so we live in a consumer culture it's it's like oh let's just package that up but when you take medicines out of its culture then it is just commodified right it's you don't understand the history you don't understand because i have relationships with the medicines right they are my relatives and i am in deep relationships with them Right. And so when you commodify you, it becomes just an object and not a relative. Citizen Podcast. Welcome to Citizen Podcast. I'm Carrie Kelly. Vivette Jeffries Logan is a lot of things, and she is a force of nature. She's a powerful and seasoned facilitator of race equity work, and she's a mother, a chef, a mentor, and a citizen of the Okanichi Band of the Saponi Nation. This podcast with her is a whole journey of joy and laughter and asking really hard questions about who we are and how we heal. Together we explore what it means to be curious and critical of how we've been shaped by a toxic dominant culture and how to hold space for our humanness. She invites us to hold the complexity of both and, and embrace our whole messy and surly, as she calls it, experience of being alive in these times and doing our part to heal ourselves, one another, and the land that we come from. Vivette inspires us to ask hard questions about who we are and where we come from so that we can take our place in the world and get in right relationship with what is needed for our collective healing. Check it out. happen i knew that we would hysterically laugh into our opening yes 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 i'm trying not to cackle in your ears cackling is welcome on this podcast without a doubt um i'm i'm truly so grateful that you're here speaking with us and i admire you so much um not just like your wisdom and your teaching but like i love your spirit and not many people make me laugh like belly hysterical, like smiles that make my cheeks hurt laugh like you do. And so I'm I'm grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that Michelle Johnson introduced us, right? And we got to spend, albeit virtually, right? Time together and laughing, right? And, and laughing. Laughter's healing. That was, I mean, you know, I have had that relationship with Michelle and I'm sure you have since I met her that like, as much as there's like deep, intense commitment to the work, there's like hilarious, joyful cackling and, and big belly laughing and celebration and joy. 
Absolutely. It has to be. It can't just be one thing, right? To Because you can lose yourself or be, I can lose myself or be consumed by it, right? To, to have the audacity to celebrate and find joy, that's also equity. That's also decolonizing, right? It's, re- it's rebellion. Of this, yes. Laughter is medicine, right? Yeah, like how dare we? How dare? You know, how dare? Um, I I wanted to see if you had an opening question. Like, how do you begin conversations with people you're in relationship with, or do you have any like? Um, icebreakers or thought starters that you like to lead with that help you like lean into a juicy conversation? I do. It's a question that's like, how are you? How are you doing? Mm. And people are like, oh, I'm fine. And I'm like, no, how's your heart, <laughs> right? How is your heart? How are you? And that sometimes throws people off because we're so used to, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, Mm. Mm-hmm. No, how's your heart? How is your heart at this very moment, right? Mm. Mm. How are you? For real, how are you? For real, how are you? Because, you know, I don't... The shallowness, right, is what keeps us from seeing each other as human beings, um, and sometimes just to stand with another human being and look into their eyes, right? That's medicine. Sometimes that's all they need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Witness. To be wit- to be a witness, yes, or to be witness, to be seen. And so, yeah, that's the opening question. Okay, so do you want to go first or shall I? <laughs> That's where we're going. <laughs> you we're just go gonna cut to... right. You, we're gonna just cut right to the chase. Okay. Um, gosh, I feel like you called me to like really check in. Um, you know, I am feeling. Um, I'm feeling squeezed by time today. Um, in a way that, like, I'm ashamed of in some ways because. I I know I know scarcity is a construct. I mean, yeah. it's real at times. Like you know, we can have like a critical analysis about scarcity in, in particular situations. But I'm just feeling um, I'm feeling the squeeze, and I'm I think what I want to name that's underneath that is what that does to my body and to how I relate. You know how it it pulls me away from people. Yes. Um. And so anyway, so I was telling you before we got on this call that um, seeing you felt like a, like a breath of fresh air for me, like disrupted that pattern. I was stuck in a pattern today. And now I'm like, oh no, all I want to be is here inside this conversation with you. And the, I feel that. I feel it on my shoulder still. Like, it's like, I'm still here. You've got lots of things. <laughs> you better get a move on. What are you waiting for? You know, like that, that, that voice. Yes. Yes, I know that voice. Um, So, literally today and yesterday, right? So, 
the scarcity and the tightness and the fear of that's caused by scarcity, that scarcity that comes with scarcity, right? Mm-hmm. Has been with me. And then just yesterday and then today, right? Solutions were offered by people who didn't even know what I was going through. And I I laid it on the altar, right? Um, and then two people show up. And my response to them, they know me well enough to know that just because I'm not speaking doesn't mean, right? It was, I was trying to control my emotions because I wanted to like cry like a damn, right? Being opened because of what I've been holding, right? Mm. And they didn't, they don't know what the situation was and it's like here right because I'm in relationship with them and Mm -hmm. so I understand scarcity Mm -hmm. and I trust right um and so I trusted and it's like okay here's a resolution and I'm like wait what so yeah that but yeah it it causes me to shrink in Mm -hmm. And then there's also shame when it comes for me around scarcity, right? Like shame because I should be doing, you should be doing this. You shouldn't have to ask for help. And then, and then, and then, you're not, you know, it's all about worth, right? That you should know better. And so all of that plays in my head, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I so resonate with that. And, and, um, You're making me even think about in some ways, like the more we learn, um, like the more we're like leaning into um, and and having a critical awareness of like how we're internalizing systems of oppression, the harder I am on myself, like when Mm -hmm. I fall prey, like when I forget, right? Um, Mm -hmm. That like the medicine is all around me, that I am surrounded by people who will support me and love me and show up for me when I need. And then and then I go into like a shame spiral, which is like the opposite of what I need. Because I it's almost like I know too much now and, mm-hmm. and it back and it backfires on me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Know too much. And it <sighs> Like to ask or to let someone else know or to ask for help, right? That's almost, we should, right? We are socialized to believe that we're rugged individuals, right? And we're not in community. And so to ask for help is almost like a sin, right? Mm -hmm. And so all of that failure in my head, it's failure that I am a failure, right? I'm a failure. Um, and so I carry all of that, even though I know better, I'm still right. And I feel it in my body and then I I become surly. (laughs) Say it. Surly and angry and just, yeah. I've learned so much from you about, um, and from (laughs) Michelle, (laughs) First of all, I want to love on your surliness. It's it's actually one of the things I love most about you. Um, 
and uh, you know, I get you know when I can go down like a rabbit hole with you and with with Michelle about something that's going on. Like I get some healing in that. Like just to be witnessed in like a messy, surly, you know, ridiculous moment, even when I know it may not be the whole truth. I it helps me feel seen, and then I can actually like work with it better. Oh. It's it's to be able to just have a witness and not say, well, you know, you shouldn't feel like that, right? right? I'm like, you know what? Let's come on, come on, let's have it all. <laughs> You're right? a mess. To be come seen, on. To be seen and to be held in your raggedness, in your anger, in your surliness, that is medicine, right? It's like that's an honor for someone to hold mine, right, and not mm-hmm. run away or not tell me that that's inappropriate or what, right? Because mm-hmm. then I can empty that out and then I can make decisions from a better place. Does that One make of, sense? Totally. And it's like making me think about like the, um, like the skill and the nuance that's required to, to be in this work. And so much of what I've learned from you around internalized oppression and internalized, you know, for me as a white woman, internalized superiority has me constantly examining, right? Um, where I'm acting out from those internalizations that I've like taken, the messages I've taken in from dominant culture. And like, I think the thing I'm trying to say is, and like, I'm also learning that I have to meet myself with some compassion. Like, so it's like, I need to be like, present enough to disrupt when I'm in one of those modes, right? And I also need to be, and I hear you saying this too, kind enough to be like, yeah, you forgot. Doing this work demands that I'm both like critical in how I examine those voices, but also but also compassionate in how, mm-hmm. like I, I, I meet myself with kindness and forgiveness when I when I make a mistake, right? So that I can actually move towards accountability and rip it. Anyway, so I'm just like wondering about that practice of like, what is it, what does it mean for us to like lean all the way into the investigation and the interrogation into what we're internalizing while also meeting ourselves with love and kindness? It's the, it's the, it's not even a duality. It's the both and, right? Like, we live in a culture that's either or um and it's both and and it's messy right nothing is crisp and clean and in boxes but one of the things that when michelle tim and i were in dr works one of the some of the ways that white supremacy shows up manifest is it has us to lie forget pretend and stop feeling right and so if I'm if I'm not allowing myself to feel, then how is it that I am in relationship or how I view other people, right? That if they are in their emotions and bottling up our emotions or um, denying our emotions, ignoring our emotions comes out somatically, right? It's like when we hold mm-hmm. it in, it comes out, it's going to show up physically, somatically, right? Whether we and like it or not. Whether we like it or not, right? And so it is about, and if I can't hold myself with some compassion, how can I hold another human being mm-hmm. with compassion? If I don't see my full self, 
raggediness and beauty, right? It's like I'm brilliant and I'm ignorant, <laughs> right? I'm petty and compassionate, right? How can I, in all my complexities, if I don't hold myself, then how can I hold or even see another human being, right? It's it's really like, it's like, yes, I understand, right? Like, mm-hmm, because I've been there, right? It's like, yes. This human part, this is, I feel like what you're talking about is like the human part of mm-hmm. our social justice work feels like it's missing in a lot of spaces. And I'm, I'm even thinking about like in social media, it's definitely, you know, missing from a lot of the interactions where people are, you know, calling each other in or calling each other out or policing each other, whatever that is. But, but I, I don't hear a lot of people actually often speak to the both and, and hold space for the whole human experience that, that is us both like growing and forgetting and falling behind and making mistakes. Yeah, with the in my business, in my equity firm, that's what we start with us, right? It's not the policies, procedures, and protocols, which people usually want to start with, right? It's, uh-uh, who are you? Because we're all part of this system. How are you, first of all, how you doing today? How you showing up today, right? Okay. And then we start with the self first and how we, this system has us behaving, but also how we internalize it, which then we externalize it, how we show up for each other, right? Mm -hmm. We begin with self first, and that is really uncomfortable for people, Mm -hmm. right? And understanding how you interact with people in an organization, because an organization is made up of people, right? But how you show up impacts the equity work in in the organization. But people don't like dealing with themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't like looking at it. It's easy to point the finger at somebody else, right? But it's do, really, really difficult. And do you think that's because I feel like do knowing, you know, when I have done that self-work, inevitably I kn- I discover if I ha- didn't already know how deeply implicated I am mm-hmm. on like a micro and a macro level and and how in our culture we don't have the, a muscle for accountability. Like we don't, right? We don't we don't right like we can't even hold that for each other. Um yeah, accountability cannot be done in isolation, right? Like as a cisgender woman, right? I could be thinking that I'm doing the best I can. You know, it's like I'm out here champion for two-spirit people, for trans people. And it's like, no, Vivette, not really. You're and I'm like, wait, what? And I could feel all hurt, right, or bruised. But then go back into my hole and then like, well, they just don't appreciate what I'm doing. You have to do it in relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Equity work is in relationship because we can all think that we're doing like fabulous things. And it's like, no, that's not what I need. That's not helpful. Right. Well, and white people do that all the time when they assume they know what's best for other people. Right. We have a long history which, of that. Which is oppressive. Right. It's like, no. I mean, just little simple things, right? 
and and take stuff personally right it's like okay but then you don't learn from that i you know i've fallen flat on my face and said the wrong things and people have been brave enough to come and tell me no that's not helpful oh okay i learn right i learn i am always learning i'm a lifelong learner right and the other thing is like yes i'm a lifelong student but I also act, right? It's not like I'm sitting here trying to wait till I'm 75 before I step out, right? So education mm-hmm. is also about you just take a step, maybe you miss up, mess up, but you learn, you should learn from that too. Because a lot of times I'm like, yeah, okay, I messed that up royally, but I now know what not to do, right? So... This perfection piece, I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect, right? But perfectionism can is a prison that keeps us from moving, from doing anything. Because it's mm. like, I have to have it. I have to do it. I won't do anything until I'm assured it's perfect. No, no, mm-hmm. please. Because then we'll do nothing. Then you become old and dusty and obsolete, right? <laughs> One of the things that Michelle says that I love, because, you know, there's like a, there's a whole like meme in the wellness community, like we are enough, we are enough, right? And Michelle often says, and I hear you speaking to this too. She says, yeah, you're enough and you could probably do better. And I love that because it's like, yes, and. It is, it's the both and. It's like, you're enough for, what is this? October the 4th, 2021. Okay. So October the 4th, 2023, will you still be in the same place? That's what I mean by old and dusty, right? It's like, okay, old and dusty. And I think that to, to remain vibrant, right, it is about leaning in, right? Um, That's your growing edge, right? Because yes, uncomfortable, but uncomfortable so I talk about there's a difference between danger and discomfort right so when I when I do trainings in person right it's like there's a you may feel discomfort but there's a difference but in in this in American culture danger and discomfort are conflated mm-hmm. all right so I'm like I'm going to I will be pushing I will be inviting you may push to lean into discomfort because that's your growing edge, right? Mm -hmm. Danger, if the building is on fire, Mm -hmm. I'm not asking you to lean in. We're going Mm -hmm. to leave the building, right? Mm -hmm. And so danger and discomfort gets conflated. But anytime we're learning something new, there's going to be discomfort, right? There's going to be discomfort. Um, Mm -hmm. But then we keep moving and look, you've learned how to roller skate, right? I know I'm using that. I try to speak in pictures, but that's how I see the world. It's like you don't, you yeah. just don't put on roller skates and amazingly like become a champion roller skater. It's like it's through time. You keep showing up. You keep showing You fall down. You get up, right? Mm-hmm. But do you give up? And that's you know, that's what I'm talking about. 
giving mm-hmm. up because you're going to be uncomfortable, right? Everything you should at some point be uncomfortable. If you're comfortable all the time, that you may want to look at. Mm. I'm also thinking about when you said, you know, did you give up? I'm thinking about what you were saying about what what white supremacy inspires us to do, to lie, defend, protect, avoid, Um, and how sometimes we may not think we're giving up, but we give into those things, and that's a version of giving up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, lie, forget, pretend, and stop feeling, right? Right, dissociation, right, as a giving up. Dissociation, right, it's giving up. It's like, and I'm, you know, it's sometimes it's like we do have to, for safety, it's like, you know what, I'm not doing, you know, to keep ourselves yep. safe. But you can't live wrapped in bubble wrap. Here I go again with pictures, right? It's like you just can't, you're going, it's like if you live in bubble wrap, right? What are you experiencing? And you'll never know discomfort, right? And mm-hmm. so the, so say you're, 35 years old and you've been protected your whole life and when you step out into the world you will you may fall apart right because it's like you've never experienced any kind of discomfort in your entire life any kind of pain in your entire life and that's a lot at 35 right it's like Mm -hmm. wow so yeah I want to, um, you said something, you said two things earlier, and I want to kind of get at them separately. You said something about being a student, right? And being a learner, um, which, and and you you were also talking about action, right? And how there has to be action too. So I want to like bench the action question because I have, I want to, I want to like dig into that, but I want to talk about the humility piece because, you know, I'm just thinking about the world of wellness, which is what I come from, which is, you know, a loaded culture, Mm-hmm. On many, you and I have talked about this at length. Yes. And how often the stance among wellness leaders or practitioners or influencers, I'm using air quotes, is not one of curiosity and humility. It's one of arrogance and narcissism. And there was actually just a, a recent um, scientific, or like a research study done on new age spiritual leaders that correlated their behavior to like, real narcissism, like real um, internalized superiority, right? Um, Which I know you're familiar with. And what I've learned about you around the subject of healing is that there are no healers. No. You, You can't heal someone else. And the idea that you're you know, it's almost like American exceptionalism, right? Like the, the idea that you're supreme enough or superior enough or expert enough to heal another person is is ridiculous it is so i'm not in heal a healer i'm someone that holds healing space right for people to begin their healing journey right it's their journey um i can facilitate the space i can um share something with them i can you know sometimes offer things that they could do, but they have to do it. They have to take this journey on themselves, right? And one of the things, this journey, sometimes you will walk with people. Sometimes you will walk with teachers. Sometimes you 
-hmm. it's required that you walk alone right but for me to come from a place of arrogance and say i'm a healer i'm not i am not i facilitate right but the person who comes to me they have to take an active role the lead role basically in their own healing journey because i can't do it i mean if you think about um medical doctors right they make suggestions they may do surgery but it's also if the surgery if that person does not follow post-surgical um instructions right mm-hmm. how um effective is the surgery right if you don't follow up with your medications if you don't so it is that's a choice for that person if that makes sense mm-hmm. so um that there are those of us there are people that are who can facilitate or hold that space but it's up to the person to do the work mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. And it's just, it's, it's making me think about the level of, of rigor that, that if you're, if you're privileged enough to be in a position of holding space for another person, which I think is like deeply intimate and relational, yes. um, right. And consensual, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and I say privileged in like a spiritual way, you know, that you're, you're bearing witness to someone's struggle and transformation yes. that, that, that you have to be so rigorous with yourself to make sure that like you're clean, right. To make sure that you're not bringing any of the toxicity that we talked about. We internalize that, that you're not interacting with medicine. That's, that's maybe not yours that you don't have, right. You know where I'm going with this, right? Yes. Yes. And, and how, and I'm just saying, and I say this as like a white cis, you know, like deeply privileged person in the wellness world that's struggling to understand my own medicine, but that's also reckoning with my right, my right role and responsibility in this work of collective healing and, um, and how that, that challenges me to not just like constantly be so, like in self-examination, but also be critical about like do I have the right to work with this medicine? You know, like, do I, do I have the right to work with Sage and Palo Santo? And, and is this my, is this my medicine or is this someone else's? And why are so many people who don't come from this lineage carrying that torch forward? And so I, I, I'd love, you know, if you have any wisdom around that, um, because I think it's, uh, and I call it a reckoning because I feel like, I feel like I have like a responsibility and I don't have the answers to that. Like, I don't feel like I have a clear path forward. I just feel like we need to hold this conversation with like, um, with some like real critical analysis in this moment, or else we're just gonna perpetuate systems that continue to extract and harm. Yes, so we have to continue to have conversations right and by conversations it's leave your ego at the door right Mm -hmm. um i sat at the feet of my elders for eight and a half years and i have permission to hold space there are ceremonies that i can do there's also things that i don't and cannot do right um and they're 
mine are based in the southeast in my homeland right it's it's i'm in relationship with other people and other people who hold healing space from different traditions and that doesn't mean just because i have been um asked to be with them doesn't mean that i can now use their medicine if that makes sense right and also um my medicine may not be what's necessary at the moment um and i don't feel any right i'm not indignant i was just talking about a ceremony that i was well this is an impromptu ceremony um that happened at a retreat and the grandmother was clearing another um brother and I heard in my head, go get some water. And I didn't know this grandmother. I had just met her. And I went and asked permission to get some water from, from a river and got the water. And I walked back in and she's like, we need water. And I was like, okay, I have water, right? <laughs> and we didn't even talk about it, right? And so it is just a deep knowing, right? But she was leading this ceremony. And I'm not going to say, well, this is, I know how to do this. It's, it is about humility. It is about understanding that this is about community. This is about, if we're about holding healing space, understanding that there's no just one way for healing to happen, right? Um, but it has to be in community. Right. It it has mm-hmm. to be a community um, in deep relationship, because if sharing or we're going to have these conversations. The danger of someone practicing medicine um, without it being grounded in community, without um, being in relationship, in right relationship, right, can cause irreparable harm. Right. And like I said, my medicine is not for everybody or maybe that's not what's needed at the time. And that's humility, too. A lot of like the ego piece. It's like I can heal you. Well, OK, I run away. <laughs> no, I back. Red away flag. Red flags. It's a huge. I mean, I back away. Like, OK, because I'm not. I'm like, OK, it's not my job to to fight you because. This is a this is gonna be a reckoning between you and whoever, but I don't have to be in it, right? And I will not use what's not mine. I won't, because that's that brings harm, right? I know you, that it can cause harm. Well, and we just we just need to look at the history, right, of this country to see that play out over and over and over again. And, Um, you know, I'm not like I'm not consuming or exploiting. Right. It's like medicine. From someone else's culture is not mine to consume. Right. mm -hmm. It's not mine to consume. And so we live in a consumer Mm -hmm. culture that's just like, oh, let's just package that up. But when you take medicines out of, right, 
it's culture then it is just commodified right it's you don't understand the history you don't understand because i have relationships with the medicines right they are my relatives and i am in deep relationships with them right and so um when you commodify you it becomes just an object and not a relative mm-hmm. well and i'm even thinking about even beyond commodification the the theft the 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 Absolutely. extraction the taking right um that i feel like is so um um you know wild in the wellness world you know so yeah. much um, indigenous and um, Southeast Asian medicine um, extracted and commodified mm-hmm. and 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 also like misunderstood, misapplied. Yeah. And you're making me think about, you were speaking about right relationship. And I'm just wondering like, you know, what are questions people should be asking themselves when they're, they're interacting with a medicine that can help them be more critical. Like, is this my medicine? What is my role? You know what I mean? Like, what do you think those questions are that can serve as like a guidepost for people? To ask themselves why, right? What, why, why do I, why am I here? Mhm. Right, what's the purpose? Am I in where did this come from? Right? It's like is it am I in relationship with the people who it came from, right? So you talked about permission, like is that a question like do I have permission? <laughs> yes, it's do you have permission? to do this right do you have permission i had a friend that went to a ceremony and just was invited and was really clear how moving it was but also saw very similar things from his culture right but he's like what i experienced was beautiful and powerful and it's not mine mm-hmm. and it's okay right to invite someone in doesn't mean that you, you've been given permission to replicate anything right mm-hmm. but that's because there's trust there mm-hmm you're making me think, and I've heard you say this before about also about like, um, what is your medicine, right? Like, so I feel like so many people often reach for other people's medicine because they don't, they're not connected to the medicine of their ancestors or it's been lost or they gave it away, right? In, in, you know, their, journeys to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, or their efforts to assimilate right into white supremacy American culture. And and I know for me in my own practice, privately, I'm sharing this, this is like my private, I'm sharing with you my private process right now. <laughs> A big part has been 
not just to piece together my lineage and, and I don't, you know, I know that people have different access points to, to their lineage and to that information and to that data and that knowledge and wisdom source. Um, but I've been trying to like find my way back to my medicine, to like Mm -hmm. my ethnic medicine, um, you know, beyond the, the, the people that came over here and assimilated into like white American culture, like what is the medicine that I, I come from and, and, and trying to actually like um, repair, I feel like is the word I want to use, my relationship to that. Um, one of the, the things I discovered is that, you know, I, I'm, I have like deep lines into Celtic medicine mm-hmm. um, and Celtic ritual, um, which a lot of which has been lost because of Christian supremacy and the erasure yeah. of, of, you know. Um, so anyway, so like, I think my question for you is for folks, um, especially I'm thinking about like white um, white bodied folks who don't have a sense of themselves outside of whiteness. Um, like, what do you think is the invitation around going back and getting ourselves around reclaiming and reconnecting with the culture and the medicine and the people that we come from? So one of the things is that the old ones, right? The Wakiana are always there. They're just waiting for you to acknowledge them mm-hmm. and they will guide you, right? This is a journey, right? It's not instant. It's not instant grits, right? Okay. I mean, I'm so, I'm so, so. <laughs> it's not instant oatmeal, right? It's just not, it's a journey. Um, and they, and you won't learn it all. Like you're not going to be able to learn it all. Um, you will learn in stages, right? Um, to find where your people come from, right? What is the what? Who are the relatives, right? And by relatives, I mean the winged, two-legged, four-legged mm-hmm. ones that swim, the ones that crawl, and the plants mm-hmm. and the trees, which are the standing silent nation, right? What is it that you, your people use? We all come from somewhere. The land remembers you. The flora, the fauna. They all, right? What you use. Um, Your blood memory will know. I had, I was working with a young woman and I had this same conversation with her and she was like, I don't know where to go. And two years later, she came and told me, she said, "Um, I now know what you're talking about. I went to Belarus, where her ancestors come from, and she put her feet on that soil, and it changed her, right? I Mm. have a friend whose mother, um, I think it's Danish, I think, I get mixed up with like Holland and all of that right and she when she talked about how her mother burned Heather or used Heather right and so one of the reasons that this is important is when you come to the table you don't come with an empty cup you come with an with something to where we can have a conversation Right. We can have that's cultural exchange. Right. And not just um, extraction. 
Mm-hmm. And I am more apt to have a conversation with somebody that comes to the table with something where we can, you know, compare, contrast, talk about things like that. Like, really? And I want to learn, like, okay, so what was Heather used for, right? How did you all clear space? So, yeah. and it's generative, right? And not extractive. And so, but it's like, I don't know where I came from. Listen. Right. And allow yourself to be guided. Don't, don't, it's getting out of your head, right? And dropping down into your soul and allowing your soul to be led, right? And the teachers will come. I pro- I promise you the teachers will come. I so resonate I with that, yours. Go ahead. I say that because I ran, I ran because I was terrified. <laughs> Um, and they ch- and they chased you. <laughs> they chased me. They chased me because after a while, after five years, they were like, "Look," and I'm hard headed, right? So they, <laughs> I finally stopped and was terrified because I didn't know what I was doing. And I heard that the teachers would come, and the teachers came, and they continue to come, right? They continue to come in all forms. And shapes. Mm. Um, right. I I was resonating with what you were saying about cell cellular memory, like like muscle mem like your 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 like body knows because um when I hear Irish music I fall apart and cry hysterically and I have like mm-hmm. no no reason right like I don't there's not an intellectual reason why I would feel like so much depth of them. It's like unexplainable to me. And and I understand it now as like intergenerational memory. Like that's memory. That's the memory of my ancestors. Yeah. That's what we call blood memory. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We carry that. Um, and that's the thing. Like I carry historical trauma and that's something that I work on. Right. And talk about. But I also carry ancestral wisdom and joy, too, mm. right? Because if I didn't, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. So the the way that I think about healing, again, because I'm visual, is so we live in a culture that is not for all of us at all. And we carry ancestral wisdom. But it's lost under this rubble, right? This just mm-hmm. twisted mass rubble. What healing does is we begin to stir, right, the rubble so that the ancestral wisdom can rise, right? And that's what healing is. We start to stir and move the rubble so that what we have in our blood memory in Tudelo, right, can rise up because we carry that. Um, so that's like healing the trauma, taking the pieces out and releasing them, right? That's what healing is. So we can have, we access what we already know. You're making me also think when you're talking about rubble and, um, you made me think of the land and how the land is a is a part of this equation. You know, we have such like human supremacy that we forget about the land and our. You were talking about our 
our four and our two-legged, you know, our swimming ancestors. But but it's making me think about the action piece that you referenced before around, you know, if we are all to move towards collective healing, I, I would imagine a really big part of that is how we get in relationship with the land. Um, and not just like bond with nature. I mean, like get in relationship oh, with God. the history of how the land has been taken and and what it what it means to rematriate, what it means to give the land back, right? What it means to restore the land. Mm-hmm. I don't exist without my people. I don't exist without my relatives, right? Because what I do, what we do to Mother Earth, we're doing to ourselves. I. So when you talked about that, like the anthropocentric, which is like me, uh, humans are at the center of everything, right? It's like, no, I'm in relationship with every being, right? They are my kin, right? And if I do anything to destroy them, I'm destroying myself, right? I mean, we're in the midst of this right now. And so... I am in relationship and to think about how I am on this on this earth, on Mother Earth, right? So no, I know that they are my relatives and how I move, I think about how I move, right? All the time. How do we because how do I'm, go ahead. I was just going to ask how how do we get in right relationship with um not just with like the 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 destruction the degradation the extraction of land but also with the theft of land um you know, I'm just like, I, I see a lot of people doing land acknowledgements and I'm getting into the action piece because I'm like, yeah. I feel like sometimes, like you talk about, we, we were talking about shallowness before, like sometimes our activism only goes so far, right? It's, um, we get, we get educated, we get, you know, conscious, we get so-called woke. Um, maybe we'll do a land acknowledgement or we'll honor the land that we're standing on, but, but that's not necessary that I don't know that that's the extent of the healing that's needed. And, and I also don't know that I know. And so I'm curious, like what you think about, like the actions that we might need to take to heal that wound. Um, that, that, because I was just, I was just, I was making that connection to what you were saying about the rubble and how, like, if we don't heal the land, that, that, that ancient wisdom won't be able to be, you know what I mean? Like, liberated yeah. yeah um land acknowledgements of the new sexy right it's like <laughs> oh it's the new thing right and it's it's just another way to assuage guilt right it's like okay and the language is past tense it was and were uh, this was the land that it did. and it's like you know I hear this on all these Zoom calls and it's like to what okay and and what okay so you're on Tonga land okay and what are you in relationship with Tonga people right are you right are you in relationship with them 
who are in relationship with the other other relatives, right? On of the land. So it's like for what? Give me a nickel, right? I just it's yeah. Performative, I am, right? It's like performative. It's like, okay, we've done this and now we yeah. It's like and what? Because indigenous people are still here. That's right. We're still here. Indigenous nations are still here, right? I did learn something from um I was there was a podcast with and Dr. Twyla Baker was on there and she is um man she lives Mandan Hadassah and Arikara, I think. Yeah. Um and one of her co presenters I was like, I learned something. Yes, I'm going to think about this. I'm doing this now, right? That she said, do not, because this is for not, it was for all people, but non-Indigenous people on how to talk about Indigenous people. Mm -hmm. So I tuned in and she said, do not say that I'm going to use my North Carolina there are eight indigenous nations in North Carolina. Don't say that. Say that the Okanichee Band of Sapone Nation, which is my nation, shares geography with the state of North Carolina. Mm. That just changes, right? I was like, mm-hmm. what? And I'm telling everybody, every time I talk, I tell everybody that I know. I was like, yes, this is how this is. Because it, cha- it shifts the power dynamic, right? That's right. My nation shares geography with us, the state of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And it changes I, our like, understanding of like the nation state too. Yes, the sovereignty of a nation, right? It just changed it. And so this is this is connected to the question you asked me, right? It's like, what about land acknowledgement? It's like, okay. And what do you know about other nations, right? It's like, so, you know, you're in a special place and it's like, oh, this was was their land. Mm-hmm. As if they're no longer. Because they're not here anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. They just disappeared, right? Because I'm like, can we take a step further and say, yes, they're not here because they were exterminated or they were massacred, right? It's like, whatever. Just tell the truth because it's time for, you know, like we won't move forward unless we speak the truth, right? Unless mm-hmm. the truth is spoken, no matter how difficult it is. Because that's also a part of healing. I, um, I just am so grateful for you and um, for what it is to, because I've learned so many things in this conversation and um, it's just making me think about how when we listen and when we're curious and open to learning, like we, like we can, we're changed by each other. We are, well, we have to be open, right? And admit that we are fabulous and flawed at the same time 
right? And we're not the all-knowing. I I know a little bit more now than when I was younger, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't want to get old and dusty. I want to I want to remain vibrant, right? To share, but also to learn, right? And to stand in the complexity of who I am, right? And also to celebrate other people, right? And their medicine and their joys and their strengths. And that doesn't take anything away from me, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It's not an either or. It's like there's space for all of us. I want to clap mean, for you, right? I want to clap. Snaps. Yeah. I want to. I want to jump up and down and have a party for your your bigness. Yes, because this world is big enough for all of us, right? I feel like that's so, I, I just want to say, because I know healing has sort of been our, our theme, that feels so connected to healing because healing's about wholeness, right? Like if we don't let ourselves be whole and like trust that everybody can be their like whole, fabulous, amazing, vibrant, loud, hilarious selves, mm-hmm. we're not able, we're never going to be able to like move towards collective wholeness. No, because I- I'm so busy coveting or trying to be like you that I'm missing my, right, my medicine. I keep, I mean, that's the way I look at it, right? It's like, I'm not looking at yours because I have my own and I'm not threatened by yours, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, you know what? Yes, yes, you do you, right? I mean, that's just, yeah, I... Yeah, that's just how I am, right? I don't have time for people who are just... Also, the other thing is, like, I don't timid people or terrified people. I'm like, I need you to to, to just stand up, right? Mm-hmm. I'm afraid. I am too. And. <laughs> and. And. Right? That's but the most perfect. But what if? But what if? Right? Yeah. We'll it's never like, know. I had someone I used to work with. Oh my. Okay. Um, you're you're going there. Well, you know. So I'm like, okay. So we'll leave at this time to travel. But what if, like, an air, an airplane <laughs> falls out of the sky, <laughs> and there's a hole in the, in the highway, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, well, we'll just have to deal with that if it happens. Like, what is the... What are the chances also? Um, What are the chances? And if that happens, then we will deal with it. But I'm not going to stay stuck in this what if, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to stay stuck in this like what if a plane falls out of the sky on I-85 headed towards Charlotte, North Carolina. And how many times has that happened, right? Mm-hmm. But you want to stay paralyzed. And mm-hmm. no, I'm not, no. But she was just, just oh, analysis paralysis for real. And what I just said about the plane falling out of the sky, that was a real conversation. That oh is my not something I made up. Well, and it feels relevant, right, to a moment where we're navigating like 
so many crises in one moment, so many pandemics, right? Like literal and, and actual and also symbolic pandemics and and how people are overwhelmed, right? With the what ifs yeah. and the like, and like the, it does feel like the, the spiritual practice is, because we can't know. Nope. And I know what I can do and what is within my sphere of control and that is what I focus on mm -hmm. because thinking about what's going to happen in July of 2023 will keep me up at night right mm -hmm. it's one foot literally one foot in front of the other right mm -hmm. it's one foot in front of the other and to be in relationship with people where you can come and talk about your fear right to to talk about your vulnerability, but also to like talk about other things too, right? To to celebrate other things, to so that fear doesn't overcome you, right? That you don't stay paralyzed, and that we get to fear. walk. We can walk into the uncertain future together. Together, right? That we're not supposed to be rugged individuals mm -hmm. we're community oriented people always have been and one of the things the teachings of my people is like each one of us has our path they're different they're differently equal right because if one of us doesn't walk our path we as a people cease to exist right nobody's medicine is the same but it's equal. Mm -hmm. And I need you to do what you need to do, right? I need, go ahead and do what you need to do. So be you, right? Just be you. I love that as our closing message because I also hear you saying we need everyone. We do. We need everyone. Because I don't, I can't, nor do I want to do everything, yeah. right? We need, and need each other walking in their strength right mm -hmm. and it's not that you can't so it's not about always being strong but to know what your medicine is right to know what it is i'm so grateful for I'm always so grateful for like the wisdom you impart and the way that you do it with so much joy. But I'm, I just want to say, I'm also really grateful for the way that you walk the talk um, in your own life and, and model the work. So thank you. I try. I am <laughs> a human being. Being human. I try. I'm raggedy and brilliant at the same time. So <laughs> I love it. Yes. I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for you. Thank you for this. Yes. While this podcast is coming to an end, our work in the world is just beginning. This week's call to action is to consider what is the medicine that you come from? And what is the practice of reclaiming or relating to that medicine in ways that are whole and healing? Big thanks to Vivette Jeffries Logan for being in conversation with us. 
To learn more from Vivette, you can follow her on Instagram at tobaccobird65. Special shout out to DJ Drez for the amazing soundtrack. You can check out his music at djdrez.com. To our executive producer who puts it all together and makes it sound great, Trevor Exter. And big gratitude to the amazing team at Citizen Well that is bringing our mission to life. And of course, thank you for being here today. You can stay in the know and engaged by subscribing to our free weekly newsletter, Well Read, at citizenwell.org. Citizen Podcast is community-inspired and crowdsourced. That's how we keep it real. Join our community on Patreon for as little as $2 per month so that we can keep doing the work of curating content that matters for citizens who care. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. And share the love, y'all, by telling your friends to check us out. 